Hey, everybody. Keith Billis here. I'm live in the lab. I'm live in the Business Athlete Performance Lab. Coming in a few minutes after noon central, minus five GMT. I think you hear those tunes bringing us in. Loving water from Lady Ambrosia. I had a water theme for it today, but uh, the water theme might be on hold. I've been thinking about this for a long time. How do we add more segments to the show? How do we keep people engaged with the show? Ad breaks. You add breaks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's producer Roland on the other side of the glass. I always like to say that when you're sitting here listening, the other side of the glass, you're wondering, yeah, you know, you're going for a walk right now. Maybe you're, you think to yourself, geez, what's this business athlete performance lab thing? Going for a walk and the music stops. Do I stop walking? No, you don't stop walking, producer Roland. You keep walking. Keep that music going. That's, keep, right. that's right. That's right. Even though I cannot hear it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's the thing with the Zoom setup is you really can't necessarily. Although, producer Roland, I think I've learned through this black hole channel thing. I can probably route the audio so you can hear it. I need to figure it out. I'm recognizing that that has been the problem for the last uh, couple of days here. Why I've been having some audio challenges, but I love the music behind the scene. Just kind of playing behind me here underneath my voice. The sultry tone voices of Keith Billis and producer Roland. And that definitely adds another dimension to the whole experience. It, it, well, it does. And hey, it's we're using the budget, man. Eight bucks, eight bucks. <laughs> and so to the podcasters and to the video casters and creators out there who are not using budget, Keith and Roland are using budget. We're paying for our tracks. And yes, this is going to make the clip one day on the, on our trailer when we are, are out there promoting ourselves. Music has just a nice little, has a nice little level. You know what I'm saying? To the atmosphere. Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. Yeah. Cause I'm envisioning our shows to be accompanying when somebody goes for a walk or goes for a trek. Oh, did I say trek Roland? Uh oh yeah, he did. Oh, oh well, uh, how about you? Segway. Oh, right into that. oh, the segue. Yes, the segue into trekking. Geez, what's he going to segue to trekking about? I know what we're going to yeah, segue. I know what we're going to segue to trekking about. We're going to go trek somewhere in the world next year. Yeah, we've been right. talking about this for the last few weeks, Roland. I think this trekking experience I'm going to talk about today for our listenership is going to be the trek up Mount Pico. Let me tell you about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, please do. So everybody listening right now, so I've been talking about this enhance your life, transform your life experience with producer Roland for a couple of weeks now. And I know he he knows he's doing this whole thing next year. I just don't know if he really knows he's doing it next year. Like, I'm not sure if he's really thinking about, right, okay, so Billis is saying, he says we're going to go climb Kilimanjaro and we're going to go climb Mount Pico. We're going to go climb Volcan Baru. And, and then we're going to end the year somewhere down in East Africa with the animals. And, and today we're going to focus on the Mount Pico experience. So to those that are listening, is in the yeah. Azores. It comes out of the Atlantic. You know where the Azores oh, are? Near Portugal. Yeah, is it? that is. Yeah, yeah. The Azores are west of Portugal. Mm -hmm. The Atlantic Ocean. Did you know that if you drained the Atlantic Ocean, I learned this. Mm -hmm. I learned this in our research for this. If you drained the Atlantic Ocean, the Azores mountains, the Azores, vol sorry, the Azores volcanoes would some one of the highest mountain ranges on the planet. Really? Yeah. I think, I think we're going to go dual screen. There's, there's producer Roland in front of the glass today with a nice green behind. Oh, no, I cannot. Yeah, I, I'm just on Zoom. I don't see what's You don't see what's up. Here. Yeah, there's producer Roland. For those of you that have not seen producer Roland's face for all, there he is. There he is there. Yeah, we'll flip back to the single screen here for a little bit. So the, so the trek up Mount Pico. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna start the trek early afternoon. And it's a steep climb, producer Roland. It's a steep climb. I would say comparatively to Kilimanjaro, where it's a gradual climb, Pico goes pretty fast. So it's going to take us about five to six hours to trek to the crater. And I look today, so Mount Pico is 2,713 meters above sea level. Actually above sea level because it's coming out of the sea. 713. Thir thir what, what did you climb there in Romania? How much was that? 
Oh lord, I'm getting flashbacks. So, <laughs> uh, good question. At least a thousand or something. The ha okay. handsome producer Roland, who's actually available, I believe, if if anybody's looking to join us on the experience next year, Roland will be there, there of go. course. Yeah, exactly. So the trek up kill the, the trek up Mount Pico. We're going to take about five or six hours, climb mm. to the crater. I expect we'll arrive in the crater probably around six o'clock or so, six seven o'clock. Uh, we'll set up camp. It's just a rocky volcanic crater. So it's what you would imagine if you closed your eyes is what it's like. We're going to set up camp. And here's what's interesting about this trek up of Pico is that we have to carry our own gear. So we'll carry tents, we'll carry. And the other experiences, let's keep talking about it. So Volcan Baru, it's an even easier experience. So our first trek in this whole experience is Volcan Baru in, in Panama in January. You're really just taking a day pack. You're going up, coming down the same day. Very similar to what you probably did in Romania here recently. When we go to mm -hmm. Pico, we're taking up our... We're taking up a couple of things. We're taking up our backpacks, our sleeping bags, taking up a few things. So it's a little more arduous. So we'll get to the crater. We're going to have some food, nothing romantic. Like maybe like we're talking, putting water into a bag and boiling it and hoping that the food inside that bag turns into real food, or we're talking sandwiches. We're not talking nothing extravagant or extreme, but something entertaining and fun, of course. Maybe some hot coffee so or hot living chocolate. Living dangerously. Yes, living dangerously. Exactly, exactly. Then on a clear night, ideally... You are going to see stars like you've never seen stars before. Producer Roland, I have never seen anything like it in my life. And of course, I'm from here in Canada with the Northern Lights. But what I found spectacular is because you don't have any, what's the term? Artificial, no, like the artificial light that comes from the cities and the, oh, light pollution. Because you pollution, have- Pollution, yes. Yes, pollution. <laughs> because there's no light pollution, it's just you and the stars. And of course, Elon Musk's yeah. satellite network. Mm -hmm. Starlink. So whether you're seeing Starlink or whether you're seeing the stars, you're seeing something up there that's bright and flashing. Yeah, that, that reminds me because while I was up on the mountain, we were climbing down with my 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 friend Mihai who is carrying me down. So he stopped and he's like, wow, look at the sky. Like we could see away from the city, pollution and all that. We could clearly see the sky. It was beautiful. So yeah, definitely a sight to, to behold, I assume. It's going to be spectacular. It's going to be spectacular. So we'll spend some time. We'll, we'll climb up on the edges, look outside the Atlantic there and see the stars. And then it's very much an early bedtime because we're up for... Mm -hmm. I believe last year when we did the trek, we were up for, I think it was 5, 5.30 a.m. No, or was it even earlier? Perhaps 4.30. Because you're now, because you still have about a 45 minute to a little bit under an hour climb to the top. Now, this one's a little interesting. So you leave all your stuff in the crater and then you're just, you're just taking your person to the top. But it's definitely much more steep. But it's in the dark. So get your headlamp on and you're, you climb to the top. And then when you're at the top, you, you're ideally getting there as the sun is rising. And you might see uh -huh. some pictures on Instagram and I'll share some pictures with you, but you, the, the way the mountain, the sun comes up, you actually see like a pyramid of the mountain on the ocean. It's just, I've never seen, experienced anything like it. So that will be a sunrise. There'll be a sunrise over the Atlantic. It's, Mount Pico is interesting to me because it's not a place that many, many people would consider. A, you don't think, I don't think many people, first of all, consider Azores. B, you don't think about Pico, but when you just pause and when you find yourself up there next year in, in June of 2024, you're going to take a moment reflecting on our conversation right now and thinking, wow, there's this mountain that just pops out of the ocean because that's really what it looks like. Yep, I'm looking at it now. I had to pull it up. Yeah. And I can see where when you're talking about the pyramid, I can see the... You see the picture, right? Configuration at the, yeah, at the top. It's really... It's and, quite... In the shadow. Holy crap. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's quite spectacular. It does look like a pyramid in, in the shadow as well. Very nice. You know, it's neat, Roland. And, and I, you know, as we're talking to people about this transformative experience that we're going to invite folks on, if you're a content creator, this is an exceptional 
experience for you to be a part of? Part of, yes, yes. I imagine tons of content. I mean, how many people go on Mount Pico? It's true. It's absolutely true. Well, in my experience, I don't know anybody that's climbed Mount Pico. So, so we're going to go climb Mount Pico and take 10 other souls with us and have a great time. So that is going to be the first part of our the second part, I'm sorry, the second part of our transformative experience 2024, still working on the naming of it. So Mount Pico, that'll be a June experience. We're looking at probably seven days. We're going to go across a few islands. As a matter of fact, we're planning that right now with Bailey. Uh, I expect we're going to fly to Ponta Delgado, the main city of San Miguel. Uh, we'll spend probably two, three days on that island, do some trekking, spend some time in that. Oh, so talk about a contrast, Curtis Roland. You climb Mount Pico, but earlier on in the trip, we'll go to like a volcanic crater lake. There's a lake in the bottom of a crater. It's exceptional. So you're in, you're, you spend time in the lake, but you look around you and you're in a crater. It's, again, unlike anything I've experienced before. Some have told me maybe similar to Hawaii. Have you been to Hawaii before? No, I mean, planning to, but haven't been so far. Yeah, I have not been to Hawaii either. So somebody told me that uh, their experience uh, in Azores was, was similar to their experience in, uh, in Hawaii. So that'll, that'll be neat. We'll start the trip off visiting like a volcanic lake. On the way there, really cool building. So... I think it was an Asian group was like an Asian business group, Asian group, an Asian business group was building a, a brand new hotel over in this volcanic hotel. And I believe they ran out of money. So the structure is still there. It's, it's dilapidated, it's dystopian it's in the middle of this lush forest. It's fascinating for pictures, fascinating for content creation. You're not supposed to go through it, but everybody does. So that will be, that will be an experience that we'll probably start the, the trip doing is the volcanic lake maybe do some horseback riding too as we're planning it out i don't know do you horseback ride is horseback riding interesting yeah i i, I do enjoy it i've done it several times and uh yeah i, I love it i had uh, you know horse riding boots that i i bought yeah. i ordered from from the uk like one of those expensive leather ones and yeah i had fun look at you the horse riding boots and all man that's just spectacular committed yeah. that's committed I don't think many people would typically horse ride. Would I be correct in that? Not really. Not that I know of. Like that, that's just something I wanted to do. Yeah. Because riding a horse is just something else. You you drive a car, even one of those fast cars or a motorcycle, but riding a horse is something different. You connect with the animal on a primal level because you've done it, right? Yeah, I have. Yeah, absolutely. Have I used to own okay, a horse. Perfect. Yeah. I got a horse for my fifth birthday from my so my so I think it was my dad who wanted the excuse to have a horse so i remember it was he brought it home and mom's like you have what a horse yeah it's for keith's birthday yeah well we ended up with a horse for a couple of years but yeah so i had a horse for a couple when i was five five till about seven years old but so that's, what breed was it or was it like a little pony oh no it was a big ass horse man big stallion not a gelding big yeah i did not know that yes yeah, yeah. so some, you got to ride it at five i got to ride it at five, five yeah and then it, and it took me another 45 years before i did it again last year in the azores when Lauren and I went horseback riding through that vol through that volcanic lake. Interesting. So I'm yeah, thinking that must have been some experience. I'm thinking we add the volcano. I think we add the horse riding experience to our transformative experience because I think many people would most certainly not ride the horse. Yeah, well, think about it. We could, but think about it. There's a level of you need to train the person if they've never done it before. There needs to be some instructions, and the horse is a powerful animal, and you need to know how to to guide it and, and understand it and and ultimately control it because if you're afraid or scared it's going to translate to the animal it knows it understands and there's certainly a level of training that needs to take place so if we can have that before especially for people that have never done this or horse riding 
before. It should, should be fine, I imagine. But at least a couple hours or some days of yeah, teaching the... them how, how to move with the horse, how to direct it, how to pull on the thing, how to, you know, with the spurs. So yeah, the experience was so, a little bit more to it. The experience we did have included training. So for those that didn't ride a horse before, got to spend a few hours riding the horse. You are right. It's a, it's a very imposing animal when you're on top of it and you recognize the power that it has underneath your yeah. body, right? And I found myself in a couple of situations with the horse where, right, you're the horse, you're in control right now. And I'm kind of freaked out for a moment here because it got spooked a couple of times. We're going down and, and you're on a volcano rolling, right? So it's not this. You're like this, you're like this. So it was exactly. an interesting experience to say the least. But we tried, we had fun. We stopped for lunch in this little village and this little island. First of all, you think to yourself, like, who lives here? Right? Like, so who lives here? And what, like, what's the economy? Why do they live here? Because literally these islands just pop up in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So we go for lunch in this little village, incredible local food, love, love the local cuisine. And then, yeah, a couple, a full, a full day horse ride. So I think we'll add the horse ride to the experience. So that'll be Ponta Delgada, San Miguel Island. From that island, that's the main island over, there's that island, there's Tercera in the Azores. I don't know if we'll make it to Tercera on this trip, but we'll start the trip in Ponta Delgada. We'll then make our way to twin islands, maybe I would call them, but Fayal and Pico is where Mount Pico we will climb. And Fayal is more of a, more, has more of a city center to it, even though it's not really a city center, but there's a sailing port there. Interesting, a little fact for you, uh, Roland, uh, Fayal has a port, which was essentially the middle spot in the Atlantic where sailors would stop in to eat, stop in for drinks, stop in to sleep, stop in for whatever, but they would stop at Fayal. And there's this little bar, there's this little bar there and it's been around for about a hundred years. I got to think of the name of it. Have you ever had limpets? What? No. I, I, I discovered limpets when I was in the Azores, these speechless, like a food, like a, something like it's like in a clamshell. Like an oyster, but not a lo- oyster. It's called a limpet. Lapas, limpets, lapas. Yeah, limpets. Yeah, like they're like a- shellfish grilled. Yes, I'm just looking it up right now. Yeah, they're delicacies. So we're gonna have like I'm craving limpets right now that I think about it. Craving them. I met some incredible sailors and met some incredible people in that port. Lauren and I were stuck there because of weather, uh, which gave us a good reason to go and spend a little more time. But I'm really excited to share that experience because again, you think t- like it's a little island in the middle of the Atlantic. And there's people there that congregate from all over the world sailing, right? And people that still sail today. So that's really fun. So uh, we'll spend time in Fayal, Horta. Horta is the name of the city. And then we'll head over to Pico, the island of Pico, and to climb Mount Pico. Now I expect, and it's generally a ferry ride between the two, between Fayal and between between Pico. So I expect that that trip, as we're working out the final details of this of the experience next year, will be maybe five, five to seven days is what I expect, culminated by the top to bottom experience of climbing Mount Pico. So um, uh, as you're speaking, I'm looking it up. So I'm looking up, I'm looking up the, the dishes. Yeah, it's definitely something. That's one thing that we, we have not to, you know, I, you know, we had a great meeting this morning with our team who's putting together marketing materials for this project. We have not uh, spent much time talking about the cuisine aspect of this, but the kind of food that we're going to eat, you know, across these different adventures, whether it's Panama in January, February, whether it is the cuisine in the Azores, very different cuisine in the Azores than in Portugal, from what I've learned. Do you like cheese? I love cheese. Oh, I love cheese. Their cheese in the Azores will, and it's a wine region too, and in grapes, I believe. No, no, yeah, wine grapes, yes, obviously. And cheese. The cheese was spectacular. So for those of you that are joining us on this trip, the cheese will blow you away. That in itself is spectacular. That needs to go on the marketing. <laughs> it's going to be cheese. You're going to be blown away by the cheese. Yeah, yeah you're going to be blowing 
cheese if you have lots of it. Yeah. <laughs> I love my cheese. When I get pizza, producer Roland, I always uh -huh. aim to have more cheese crust than crust. I used to do that too. Not anymore. I haven't had pizza in such a long time. Oh, man. Pizza is part of the business athlete lifestyle. I need to hit the gym more frequently in order for me to, to get some pizza. Somewhere along yeah. the way, peanut butter has made its way into the peanut, into the business athlete lifestyle too, into mine anyways. But uh, mm -hmm. the cuisine is going to be spectacular. The cheese is going to be spectacular. I am uh, looking forward to having tons of cheese. I just got a, I looked at my watch and I just got a note from our partner helping us climb Kilimanjaro next year as well. But we'll talk about that on another show. We're going to keep our focus on Pico and I think we're going to wrap it up here in a couple of minutes. We've enjoyed the dialogue here today uh, live in the lab about the upcoming transformation experience we're putting marketing materials together for and out there on the LinkedIn's uh, talking about things. So here's what I'm envisioning. When we kick this experience off in January, we're going to do the Panama experience. By the time we get to Pico, it's June halfway through the year. So people will have got time to spend time together virtually in AR and in VR through our headsets. People will have time to, to continue excelling with whatever they're looking to excel at through life, whether that's something they're stuck in or whether that's a professional situation or a personal situation. By the time we get to Pico, I expect people to be just buzzing. I expect people to be buzzing in the Azores. It'll, it'll be a lot of fun because Pico is the warm up for Kilimanjaro in September. So it's, this is unlike any experience I think anybody's ever considered or thought about doing. I think just doing, you know, Climbing Kilimanjaro in one year is, is a big experience for most people that are going to safari, for is, but packaging up this transformative experience, I think is going to be nothing short of incredible. Yeah, like uh, initial title for this one, Transformative Journey, or what title did we give it initially? Um, yeah, it was, well, we were, I was kind of yeah. going with Change Your Life Experience, but whether it's Change Your Life, Transform Your Life. I was asked a question today, somebody said, so Keith, how, how are we going to know if somebody has transformed their life? I, I looked into the camera and I said, oh, their life's going to be changed. No doubt about it. There's something, well, listen, you climbed that mountain in Romania there. There's something very magical about physically achieving something where you go up and come down and recognize that you don't go in the other direction. Rarely once you climb a mountain, do you reverse it, right? So there's that physical, there's that mental metaphor of I've achieved that, I've moved forward. That's transformation in itself, right? So uh, yeah, it's you versus you. But you're no longer in the gym because in the gym, it's always throughout your whole life. It's always going to be you versus it's going to be you versus you. You know, it's not going to be it. you versus your top competitor. No, it's always going to be you're your worst enemy. And out in nature, it's you versus nature. And if you're not prepared, nature is going to kick your ass. So it's definitely to be appreciated to be in top shape. Both, I would say, maybe not so much physically as you need to be mentally. Because that's going to be the determining factor that's going to help you not only get up, but also get down. <laughs> and I'm speaking from personal experience because I've done that recently. And uh, yeah, I should have been a little bit more prepared, but I'm working on it. So yeah. <laughs> Talk about the getting down part. I, so I get a text from Roland. Hey, I'm at the top of the mountain. I'm like, yeah, Roland, but now you got to get down. Right. Talk about the getting down yes. parts. So it turned into a saga. It turned into Lord of the Rings Part 5, where Samwise Gamgee <laughs> carried me not up, but down the mountain. So it was definitely a different experience because we got caught up. We were a little bit too late. So the sun went down. We we're stuck in the middle of the night with just one tactical flashlight, which then got a hat on me. And we made our way through with uh, GPS and all of that. So it was definitely a, an adventure. And I, my friend kept asking me, hi, he's like, are you regretting it? Are you regretting it? So by the time I got to the car, when we were on our way home, I said, you know, no, that's, 
even though it, it took longer because we, we were supposed to have dinner and you know get back to the city. We were way late, but I have no regrets. It was fun. My feet were hurting. I got blisters and all that, but you know what? I'd do it again. It was definitely something to remember. Yeah. Producer Roland, I've never known anybody who's regretted climbing a mountain or climbing a volcano or doing a trek. You know what I mean? So I'm glad to hear you say that because to somebody maybe considering this or thinking about it, you're right. You're not going to have any regret. You're only going to have accomplishment. Correct. Even if in my case, we were like a couple hours late, we got caught in the woods. We learned from that experience and we made the best of it. So no regrets. Learning from experiences and no regrets. Live in the lab with Keith Billis and producer Roland here today, playing us out with a little bit of Lady Ambrosia. Loving water. Producer Roland, we're going to bring a lot of water on these tracks. I'll tell you, you know, coming back to you on the screen here quickly before we say goodbye. That's one thing that people underestimate when they do the Kilimanjaro track is the amount of water you really need to be consuming daily and constantly because you're always moving. So it's, and I think as you knew that you didn't have enough water on your last track. I drank all of it by the time we got on top. (laughs) All right, everybody. Keith Billis for producer Roland. We're out here today on a midday hump day, live in the lab, live in the business, athlete, performance lab.